Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Jeff Benedict standing by. We told you about him earlier. Wrote the book LeBron. He is a New York Times bestselling author. Jeff Benedict joining us. Jeff, welcome. Hey, welcome. Good to be on with you guys. Jeff, I'm sorry I hung up on you. I hit the wrong button. They're, the drop button and the, and the pickup <laughs> button are right next to each other. I don't know who designed the stupid phone. It's amazing. I don't do it more often, honestly. But anyway. Uh, look I thought at, you'd change your mind. just didn't want to talk to me. Heck no. <laughs> you know, LeBron James is such a, a compelling and interesting figure for so many reasons. He's obviously, I don't think, he's unequivocally one of the top five basketball players ever to step on a court. For our listeners... He is very um, polarizing, I would say. There are people who hate on LeBron, and I look at guys who have these missteps, most recently John Morant. LeBron, to me, is an exemplary professional athlete. I say it every time anybody asks me about him, and yet he's got a good portion of haters. I don't necessarily understand it. In writing the book, is that something that you delved into? Uh, Absolutely, and and I do understand it, actually, because if you look at his – the early part of his career, meaning his first seven years in Cleveland before he left for Miami, he um, he really adopted the same playbook that Michael Jordan followed throughout his entire career, which was his focus was exclusively on basketball and on Nike. And Michael did that. He, Michael stayed away from politics. He stayed away from social justice causes. He didn't do anything controversial. Um, he famously said, you know, Republicans buy sneakers, too, mm-hmm. um, and was criticized heavily by civil rights leaders at the time for saying that and for refusing to get involved in a, in a campaign with a guy who was running against Senator Jesse Helms from North Carolina at the time. LeBron did that for seven years. Now, keep in mind, when LeBron started his career, he was 18 years old. Michael was older. And um, by the time LeBron gets to his mid-20s, he makes a significant change. And that change happens when Barack Obama becomes president in the summer or fall of 2008. He's elected. But right before that election, uh, Jay-Z did a concert in Cleveland to support Barack Obama's candidacy. LeBron James joined him on stage, Jay-Z, on stage in Cleveland. It was the first time he'd ever really stepped into the political arena, and he essentially campaigned that night for then-Senator Obama and encouraged everyone in the arena to vote for him. And he said that he would be voting for him and talked about how important this election was. That was the beginning of what turned out to be an eight-year relationship between young LeBron and a young African-American first president of the United States. By the time Barack Obama left office, uh, a lot had changed in the country, but also a lot had changed for LeBron. He wasn't a, a young man anymore. He was more like a man in full. He was a parent of multiple children. He was more grown up in his views on politics and was unafraid to voice them. And I think That is a huge difference between him and Jordan, and not only him and Jordan, but him and just about every other uh, really well-known superstar athlete. Um, They, by and large, stay away from politics because they are so divisive. If you look at the few guys who have stepped into that arena, people like Arthur Ashe, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did it, Jim Brown did it, um, 
you know, those guys, Muhammad Ali, probably the biggest example of all, look how controversial he was in his career. And not later when he retired, but when he was a boxer, half the country hated him. And so I think that part of what LeBron is dealing with is the fact that he has, he reached a point where he was unafraid to weigh in on things that he thought were important. And I think by the time Trump comes along and he is basically going toe-to-toe, the most famous powerful athlete in America going toe-to-toe with the leader of the free world, it really helps explain why there are people who don't like LeBron. It doesn't really have anything to do with his basketball career. Does that bother LeBron? You know, if you'd asked that question earlier in his career, the answer would be yes, because LeBron, like most performers, they do like to be liked. I mean, performers like to be liked. They don't like to be hated. And I think LeBron was super sensitive to public perception and how people thought about him. That was really obvious when he announced he was going to Miami in 2010 and he became the most hated athlete in America after that. And that's, by the way, that's before he starts to get really involved in politics. That was, that was when he you know, made the decision to take his talents to South Beach, as he put it. And that did bother him immensely. When he saw the backlash, it hurt him. It wounded him. By the time you get to, like, by the time he leaves Miami four years later, he's got a different exterior in terms of how he deals with hatred and public criticism. And he realized, I think, that if you're going to take a position on those things that matter so much, you have to accept the fact that you're going to alienate a certain segment of the population, of the culture, and uh, you know that going in, and you've got to deal with it. And he, he has dealt with it. Talking to Jeff Benedict on the Brandon Moving and Store Hotline. If you're just tuning in, he's a New York Times bestselling author. The new book is LeBron. You've written a book on, on Tiger, and obviously there is a uh, there's probably some kind of um, consistency in the fabric, I guess, of these top-level athletes who are able to focus on what they need to get done and able to shut out the things that aren't important to get there. Did you find any similarities in writing the book on LeBron to, you know, you mentioned Jordan or Tiger. I think some people don't look at them the same because LeBron's fallen short a little bit on some big stages. But did you find some similarities in, in you know, Tiger Woods, for example, with LeBron? Well, well, first of all, I would I would say that he hasn't fallen short on big stages. Um, he he doesn't win every time, but neither does Tiger, and and neither does Tom Brady. I mean, <clears throat> Brady's been to ten Super Bowls. He's won more than he lost, but he's he's lost some big ones to the Giants. And you know, these guys that are the best in the world can't win every single time they get on that stage. I just think. LeBron's been on the stage so much that it's almost uh, hard to put your get your arms around it. But in terms of similarities um, between, I would say Tiger and LeBron and Tom Brady, there's there's lots of differences in terms of who they are as men and uh, their sort of their personal lives and preferences. They're very unique, but. Where they come together, I think, is that the three of them, in, in my view at least, are the three most successful male athletes on the American stage in the 21st century. And they've been the most dominant for the longest. 
in their sport. And they've done things that we've not seen anyone do before. Um, LeBron's done things that Michael didn't do. And I'm, I'm not saying he's better or Michael's better. I'm just saying LeBron's done things that even Jordan didn't do, just like Tom did things that Joe Montana didn't do. And Tiger's done things that Jack Nicklaus didn't do. Will those be repeated by someone else down the road? Who knows? But certainly for those of us who care about sports, in the last 20 years to have Tiger, Tom, and LeBron on stage at the same time, it's been remarkable. And I think what they share in common is they're, they're pretty similar in age. They came of age at this, around the same time. And I just think their, their outlook and commitment to their craft is different than everybody else. And so there's a, there's a drive and an obsession with perfection that they share. That's, an, that's why they're outliers. Um, when you're, I mean, you could argue that Le, in LeBron's case, he is the most athletically gifted, probably naturally talented in his era. But despite that, he works harder than everybody else. And I think that's the thing that's rare. It's, it's like Brady, when he won three Super Bowls or four Super Bowls or five Super Bowls, he didn't cut back his work ethic. If anything, he stepped, he, each time he'd win, he'd step it up even more. And I think that's what's hard for their competitors to keep up with. Like LeBron's been doing this for 20 years now, 20 years. I mean, we got other players in the NBA now that are young and super talented, but I, I always say none of them will be dominating 20 years from now. They'll be gone. And I, I think that's what's so unique about the three guys I'm talking about is they they got to the top of the mountain and then they occupied it for two decades. There you go. Uh, I can't wait to read the book. Jeff, I appreciate the time. Thanks. Good luck with it. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Jeff Benedict, author of LeBron.